0: I'm going to read our reading for us and then pray for her as she comes to share. So 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18 down to the end of the chapter, 22. Yeah, we're going to read a little bit more so it flows in. So we'll read from verse 13 down to 22. Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you yet with gentleness and reverence. And keep a good conscience, so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behaviour in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better, if God should will it so, that you suffer for doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just, the For the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. In which also he went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison, who once were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah, during the construction of the ark, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Corresponding to that, baptism now saves you. Not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers had been subjected to him. Amen. Let's pray. Of faith, shall we? Should we reach out our hands to bless as we pray? Yes, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, we just want to pray now that you'd fill faith afresh with your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for all that you've given her to share with us this morning. Lord, we want to open our hearts and our ears to hear your word to us, Lord, through her. And we pray that she will be blessed, Lord, in the giving of it. And that we will in the obeying it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, can you hear me okay? Can you
1: hear me at the back as well? Wonderful. Okay, good. It's wonderful to be back here, though I felt a bit, you know, kind of... Uh, I feel as if it's years since I was here, but of course it isn't years, although it's getting on for a year uh, since I broke my ankle. But uh, here I am, and it's, it's doing well. It's, it's fine. It's good. So it's wonderful to be with you and to share this this bit of the scripture. I think Peter's epistle is um, what i noticed about it, if you've ever read it through, is sometimes it's hard to quite follow exactly what he's saying. It's quite complex at times, and he refers to Old Testament things which are quite complex. And uh, sometimes I thought, is this really Peter, the fisherman? How does he know so much? How does he put it across like this? But he, he was an apostle, and God had equipped him to share the gospel. And the thing about this passage we've just read is that it was written to the people. They were a Jewish origin, most of them, but, they, but they'd but they become Christians, but they were scattered through Asia. He was writing to these. They were called the Dispersion. And they'd been scattered uh, sometimes right back from when the Syrians had invaded before Jesus came um, and had taken people captive to become slaves in parts of Asia. And so he... The apostles had gone around some of those nations, some of those cities, and had found these uh, sometimes Jewish born people, and, but they came to know Jesus. They became uh, Christians, or they made a response. And that's whom Peter is writing to. He's writing to people who are a little bit where they didn't plan to be, where they didn't grow up. It made me think of Ukrainian refugees who've come here because they can't stay in their nation. And we've been glad in this nation and in other nations to welcome them here. But even so, um, I remember one of our neighbors saying, uh, who's who's taken... uh, one of them to live in their flat Uh, she was saying that um, it's sometimes quite hard for her because everything is so different it's not just the language you have to learn but everything is different now for the jews at that time who'd been scattered across asia it wasn't just uh, language issues it was everything wasn't it because their culture as jews was so different and peter is writing to these to encourage them in the gospel. I think it's a wonderful thing that he's done. So what do we want to look at? I felt from this passage, I think originally it was called, if we could just have the title up, thanks, Sin, Death and the Devil's Defeat. I thought that's quite a that's quite a title for a Sunday morning preacher, isn't it? Sin, Death and the Devil's Defeat, although the last bit's wonderful. Um, But I I have called what I'm talking about overcoming the world, the flesh and the devil because what happened to these Jewish (coughs) dispersion people or they weren't only Jews but the, the Christians that were there was that sometimes they found the world really difficult. Now actually I think that's true of us of many of us anyway because as you profess Christ and you're living in the world, what actually happens is you often get loads of trouble don't you? If I could have the first slide, thank you um, because I want to talk about overcoming the world and the, the first little slide there, the first title there I put, Rejection, Loneliness Troubles. Okay, that's in the world. Uh, you can feel quite lonely as a Christian in the world, can't you? Perhaps in your workplace or amongst your neighbours. Because you're different, aren't you? I hope we are. I hope we're different. I hope they feel the presence of God. But sometimes it means that people pull back a little bit, especially if they're not ready to move towards the light. So to be a believer in the world here now can mean a degree of rejection, and it can mean a degree of loneliness. And it made me think of Jesus. Before he went to the crucifixion, you remember he said in John chapter 14. I think I've got a marker in it so I can read it to you. Um, He called his disciples together. He was talking to them. And uh, my marker's come out. Here it is. Okay. He said... um, do you now believe, this was just before he went then into the Lord's Prayer in John 17, John 16, do you now believe, indeed the hour is coming, yes, it has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. When we read that, we think, well, Jesus wouldn't have minded being alone. But he also had humanity as well as divinity. And he's saying, you're just going to scatter and leave me And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. And so because he had that confidence in God, and I hope if you feel lonely in the world, perhaps in your workplace or where you live or in your other relationships, if you feel alone, maybe you could say the same as Jesus did. I'm not alone because the Father is with me. I think to know the love of God, to know the fatherhood of God, is just such a wonderful thing that the Lord has done for us. And he says, he goes on to say, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's what Jesus said to his disciples. And I believe he's saying it to us because for many of us as Christians, we find that troubles come to us, don't we? Not just because we're a Christian, but very often it's added to. You can find trouble and difficulty in the workplace where you work. You can find trouble and difficulty with your family. I've sometimes been really burdened and have prayed for people whom I know, um, some of them have been in ministry, who've walked with the Lord for many years, but at least one of their children has walked out and doesn't have anything to do with them. Now, I'm sure it's not because they were horrible parents, but there's pressure on the family. Some of you have found that. There's pressure on the family. I'm sure if you're a parent remembering it's Father's Day, we need to be constantly praying for our children and our grandchildren, if you have those as well. We we need to pray for them because there's such oppression in the world, isn't there? And I think particularly since the millennium in our world, in, in Great Britain, Um, during the millennium there was a lot of celebration of Jesus I can remember things that were put in you know spreadsheets in in ordinary tabloid newspapers or others talking about Jesus and giving testimonies we knew a woman doctor who was wonderfully healed of um, it was secondaries of cancer and God wonderfully healed her because she she was she'd given up because she knew she was a GP she knew what it all meant um, but she, she felt that God told her that they should at least ask to be prayed for. And they were very much on the edge of a Baptist church. I think it was Cardiff or Swansea. It was in Wales anyway. And they went along and they, um, they were anointed and prayed for. The, the elders gathered and prayed for her. And in just the most amazing way, this thing just went. Um, and it, it was a miracle. And she, she testified about it and somehow or other... One of the uh, tabloid newspapers picked it up and printed it all over their paper as well. Just this is what Jesus still does, he's healing people. He's bringing healing, and I think it's just such a wonderful thing that we have. But what happened? Uh, because there was so much talk of Jesus in the millennium time, uh, when we when we celebrated that, that there was instantly a rising up of hostility, wasn't there? So we have had atheism, very very um, academic, uh, influential. Angry atheism has risen up to come against it. And that's been happening for years. I'm sure you've noticed it. You'll have people who might not, if we went back, you know, quite a number of years before the millennium, might not have said those things critically, but there's lots of people who criticize the faith. And what that, what we need to be aware of, that is changing the atmosphere of our world. We're in a serious place in our world, aren't we? We could easily have have attacks from I don't know I don't want to I don't want to blame Russia for everything but you know you could have attacks from there or somewhere else. There's lots of things that aren't going well in our government. There's just so much that sometimes you know you can read the the news and think there isn't a shred of good news in this. Do you ever have that feeling? Yes, because there's lots of things going wrong. Now, where, where are we responsible as believers? We want to keep bringing the spirit of Jesus into our world. We will not overcome the world unless we hold on to Jesus. And the, the, the world will keep intruding on us in every way, but we need to keep be people of prayer and faith and love and constantly proclaiming his good news. Because then I believe there's power in that. Okay, so, um, I, the other thing I felt, oh, here's the time, oh, I was just wondering how on earth I'm going to tell what the time is without a clock, but it's here, well done, I mean, Forest Hill has become such a brilliant congregation, hasn't it, I, I really think so, we didn't have it when I used to be here, that's why everybody preached too long, you know, in those days, so they don't now, anyway, okay, so, Jesus told us, in the world you will have troubles, but cheer up. I've overcome the world. So hold fast to me and those things that are coming against you, we can keep praying, keep praying. Some of you, uh, we've had some people who I remember over the last years have come along to the prayer community with quite a major issue in their workplace to ask for prayer. And we've really prayed for them over days and it's all turned around. God is faithful when the troubles of the world come on us. And when our children start to uh, sometimes not be as understanding of the good news as we would like we need to keep praying for them because they also experience the world don't they that's the problem they are experiencing the world in their lives pushing in but the lord jesus tells us i have overcome the world so don't be so discouraged okay right let's have the next slide thank you overcoming the flesh now, we all have flesh, don't we? We have our human bodies, which is flesh, and also usually our personalities, they all belong to the flesh. They are who we are as human beings. That's fine. But what is so beautiful about our Lord Jesus is it says of him, I think it says it in one of these verses here in First Peter, um, that it says that he was put to death in the flesh. Is that right? I've lost the page, but anyway... You have to get used to me, guys, because I'm not sufficient as I used to be. I pretend I used to be more. Verse 18. Okay. Right. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong chapter. Okay, fine. Yes, Christ suffered once for sins, just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Jesus I just love the fact that even though they crucified him on the cross, as soon as his human life went, he was alive in the spirit. That's what it goes on to tell us. He was alive in the spirit. And he wants us to keep staying in touch with the spirit of God. Because in our flesh, all sorts of things will come to us. Don't we recognize them? First of all, character weaknesses, I've mentioned. The, the things in our character that we sometimes think, oh, gosh, Lord, please help me with that. Do you do you do that? And sometimes we are praying about someone else and thinking, oh, Lord, please help them with that, their temper or their, or their jealousy or all those kind of things, hatred. And then there are physical temptations which come to us That tempted to indulge in food, indulge in alcohol, indulge in sexuality. That there will be physical temptations. Yes, because we're in the flesh at the moment, aren't we? But we don't have to live in the flesh. Because we also have the spirit, as Jesus said. So we don't have to live in that. We can keep saying, Lord Jesus, you come and fill me. Fill me, help me Lord. To live like you want me to live. So... The third thing that the flesh is constantly reminding us that we have the flesh is the sickness that happens to us and accidents and things. And sometimes our flesh can be very pushed down because of illness in the body. Because our bodies, this human body that hasn't yet gone through into the resurrection body, it's not going to live forever in its current form. So there are lots of things that keep pressing in on us. But we know that we do have the Spirit of Jesus in us and that we need to ask his help against the flesh. I'm not saying that everything is instantly healed because healing is a huge subject and I think God does do miracles. He does do wonderful things that brings us through. But at the same time, not absolutely everything is removed from us. We're reminded that we do have physical bodies and that they sometimes... Push, put pressure on us and our spirit. But still, we have the spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. And um, what I want to do just before I go on to that, I want to read... Um, a testimony in which I persuaded Martin saying to, to write out for me, because, type out from Jackie, but um, because last week, if you were here, I was really moved because Martin gave a, he just stood up and gave a brief testimony how God had met him in hospital because he had a very serious um, operation and he was, in the eyes of medics, very seriously ill, but God wonderfully met him And raised him up. He's here with us today and as usual he's did the men's breakfast and stuff yesterday, I think. Anyway, I heard about it. Um, So there's so many ways that God has helped him. Now I'm not saying absolutely everything is sorted, but I'm going to read you what he said. Following my recent six-hour operation, I was in an intensive care unit for 36 hours with tubes in every part of my body And the room was a very lonely place, as we've been talking about loneliness. I experienced the coldness of the depths of the flesh and felt pretty lonely and empty and it felt dark. But I called out to Jesus and immediately a spiritual light came on in my mind and heart. My spirit came alive despite the fleshy experience it came alive to God once again, and He picked me up. I knew I wasn't just a piece of flesh, but a spiritual being connecting with the living God. That was His experience, and then He said, "Not only was I nursed, one, one, not only was I nursed one to one by a wonderful ITU nurse, who was a Seventh Day Adventist, but I was able to pray for her." and she felt very much touched by the Spirit and the love of God. She said to me she'd never experienced a patient praying for her, as her role was being responsible to care for them and others. She shed a tear of happiness and sensed the love of God on her life. And when I was back in my room and out of the ITU ward, I was cared for by two lovely nurses who happened to be my own patients at my practice. (laughs) Martin's a dentist, many of you know. And one of them is a wonderful christian now what was the lord doing there he was showing martin yes i heard you i heard your calling out to me and you have the spirit and the spirit of god was rising up in you and i believe sometimes we we seek to live on a very fleshly level as people don't we we're not looking to see the spirit of god come in and uh, yet he does amazing things wonderful things um before I came along, because, you know, of recent months, I found I, I often need my reading glasses, more often than not. And, um, but this morning, when I was just about to come out, I couldn't find them. They seemed to have vanished. I went through every room of the house, everywhere I could think of. I'm sure you've all had this. And um, just getting very stressed and saying, Roger, have you seen them? You know, Anybody put them anywhere? Um, anyway... What happened then? Eventually, I just stood there and said, Lord Jesus, please help me to find those. I need them. I need to go. Please come now, Lord. And instantly, I opened my eyes. I went to a bag, and there they were. They'd got caught into something which hid them. But I just thought, it was so quick that I called out to Roger and said, Roger, the Lord is like, he heard me pray pray from the next room um, and he, I, he then heard me say, "I found them, Roger. Fantastic! Praise God. He's a faithful God. It may not seem very much, but otherwise I would have had to have somebody up here reading every bit of my notes and my, because um, sometimes it pressures me. Okay, let me pick these things up. Okay, you're still with me, guys. This is the Spirit that will overcome the flesh." And we need to ask him. Now, uh, you've jumped on and I didn't want to jump on. Sorry, I'm still in that. Sorry. Okay. Because I want to point out. Now, if you need a good verse to help you. I found this verse years ago. And I found it incredibly helpful when things attack. And it's Romans 8 and verse 11. And it says, um, if I can find that one. I I may have lost the marker. But anyway, I know it more or less. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body by his spirit who dwells within you. Now, I'd seen that for years before, but I'd always assumed it means that when we, when we go to glory, when we step out of this mortal frame and get into our spiritual life in heaven, then that will happen. But until I read somebody, uh, some uh, commentary that said, no, actually, it says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, now we know that's the Holy Spirit, lives in you, okay, that's, that's current, okay, then he who raised... Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body. Now your body, your mortal body is your body that's subject to death. So it's not yet in glory, okay? To your mortal body by his spirit who lives within you. Now I, as you can see, I know that verse by heart because I've claimed it so many times. Lord, you are. You live within me, Lord. You're the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead so you can give life to this mortal body. That needs you, Lord. Yes, let's see more and more of that release of that life. And I think it's just an encouraging one. I'm sure you do this believers, but it's very good to have some verses that you really know by heart. Of course, there was a time when some of us were seeking to to memorize the whole of the New Testament. I think it was Tom Reese or somebody who eventually he was an evangelist, who started it, but started people doing that. And some of us were seeking to follow that. But you if you can't do that, that's okay, but let's at least have some verses which have power to change our lives. Okay, so here we go. Now we go to the next one. Thank you. That's how we're going to overcome the flesh. And I did put on that other one, by the way. Don't need to go back. But it's worth reading the whole of, chapter, of Romans, chapter 8, verses 1 to 17, because that's where some of those things are. And if you're struggling with health issues, then read it. We're not saying that absolutely everything is changed and, and we're all, you know, one wonderful people because in the end we're living for heaven not for earth but if we're seeking to do the will of God and we need that strength or power then he will give life to a mortal body so let's live for him okay here we go overcoming the devil right let's read those two verses in 1 Peter 3 um, that we're looking at first of all in um, in verse 19 is that right yes Um, by whom Jesus also went and preached to the spirits in prison. That's that's by the spirit Jesus went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. And there is also a picture of which, this is also a picture which now saves us, baptism. Not the removal of the flesh, or the, the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject to him. Okay, so all these are in subject to, to the Lord. But it's a very interesting little bit, this thing about the days of the ark and Noah. And because Jesus is saying, I'm uh, sorry, Peter is saying about Jesus that when he had released from his mortal body, stepped into his spiritual life forever, he went and preached, or proclaimed is the word, to the spirits in prison. Now, and then it goes on to say that those spirits were in the days of Noah. It's very complex, isn't it? This is what I mean when I say uh, Peter was a fisherman, but he jolly well understood the word of God. Amazing. You know, in other words, you wouldn't have thought he'd had a formal education, but he certainly had in the spirit So anyway, what I understand that to be, now there are lots of interpretations of that, but I think the simplest and, uh, well, the one that I hold anyway, um, is simply that Jesus went, that that during the days of Noah, the reason the flood came And there's good attestation of the flood, even in secular things, that there was a huge flood on the earth a long, long while ago. But during that time, it was because humanity had been getting worse and worse. It was some years since God had made man and woman and and blessed them and given them direction. But things had gone off, off the track. Things had got worse and worse. And so now it was so evil, and they were almost mocking righteousness, people, and there were evil spirits who'd gone in to help that process. Do you believe there are evil spirits that try to stir up evil, stir up people with bad hearts and make them worse, all those kind of things? Well, they were doing that. And so, in the end, the Lord warned them and warned them, and then he sent the flood on the earth. But he gave the opportunity to be saved from the flood. They simply had to respond to the preaching of Noah. In fact, the ark was long enough building that Noah was constantly preaching, coming in to the ark here is where there will be salvation and protection from the blood um, but people didn't you know they just mocked him or whatever and so eventually there were only eight people who were in that ark as well as all the wonderful animals of course but they they then were saved from the flood weren't they so that's and Jesus when he rose from the dead because he'd already been He he hadn't come out in resurrection, but when he passed from the death of the flesh into life in the spirit, he went and proclaimed it to those spirits because when God moved him with with the flood, it appears that he also because he is lord of the spirits he imprisoned the spirits to say you've got to you know you have done much evil you're not going to have any more power to do that it wasn't every single spirit lots more evil spirits have come but the particular ones that were totally dragging the whole world down to destroy it uh, went uh, he locked up so Jesus went and proclaimed to them I have dealt with sin now all that you brought into the world evil spirits I have dealt with it I carried it in my body on the cross and risen again. That was what he was proclaiming. He was proclaiming victory after all those those years to those spirits that had tried to cause so much evil in the earth. But then we know, he goes on to say this, and I want to just challenge us about this, because he says, in this way, baptism is a picture of this, okay? Now, you know, if you are baptized by immersion, which uh, many of us were. I was going to say which most of us were, but you know, I don't know. I don't even know if everybody here has been baptized, but I pray you will get baptized if you haven't. I was baptized when I was a teenager, probably about 14, I think, maybe 15, No, no, 14 I was. But I can remember it to this day. I can remember going under the water, and as I came up, feeling an enormous flow of the Spirit of God, I just felt God was with me so much. It was such a beautiful experience. And if you haven't ever been baptized by immersion, I really recommend you are, because it's a way of testifying to our faith in Jesus. Because what he's saying is it's a little bit like the days of the ark. In the days of the ark, in order to be saved from the flood, you you actually uh, had to get into the ark. And the ark went through the floodwaters, you remember, until eventually they hit the promised land and they were free. But we go into the waters of baptism. And as he says, it's not just to wash you. It is to demonstrate that you've stepped into Christ as we go through all the judgments that this world brings. And then we go with him until he then opens the doors of the ark and we go out into freedom and life uh, in resurrection. But the, in this world, we are in the ark. We're in Jesus. Okay, and that's what we're dedicating. Now, because I realize, and, and you know, please forgive me, guys, because sometimes I will say, what, what, you know, I'll say something and it might offend somebody. I do that sometimes. I don't mean to. So what I want to say is if you were baptized, you know, as a baby by sprinkling, and you've received that as your baptism that's fine you still understand that you needed the water to, because it's the water as well which is symbolic there so praise god that that has happened and the reason i wanted to speak about baptism by immersion is because i think i did feel that actually the lord may be speaking to one or two people here about that anyway so but that's such a wonderful picture of being saved out of judgment by our trust in the living god and in jesus So I want to pray for us now because I think Peter has wonderfully portrayed for us the areas we need to think about and I've just finished with that. We need to trust in the death and resurrection of Jesus to overcome the devil. I haven't talked about spiritual warfare as such. I could do it sometimes but I think the important thing here is we need to get the basics right. We need to get into the right place with God and then we only ever overcome the enemy when he comes into our lives by claiming the power of the blood and calling on the power of Jesus, don't we? So we need to know that we've been in there. We're in Christ. We are in him. And he will wrap us around in the day of oppression judgment he's such a faithful god well lord i do pray lord jesus that you will help each one of us to really live out our christian lives with you lord jesus we we confess to you we're so often fleshly people lord we so often look to the flesh to the human elements rather than to your spirit and lord we know that's why so often we have fallouts and things in our families or in our friendships or in our church relationships but lord We ask that you deliver us from the flesh. Help us, Lord, to live in the Spirit. Help us to open our hearts to your Holy Spirit. As we were doing, as we were worshipping earlier, Lord, we thank you. And now, Lord, I pray that you will speak to each one of us, Lord. If there's anyone here you're speaking to about baptism, then, Lord, will you speak to them? And may their baptism be full of the revelation of Jesus and the power of God. And, Lord, I pray that you will be with all of us, those who are sick, Lord, those who need your healing. I pray, Lord, that we may really lay hold of the Spirit of God who lives in us to give life to our mortal bodies, We give ourselves to you now, Lord, and we pray that you will help us to continue in love with one another, with you, Lord, but in our midst. But may may we become more and more in this congregation a fellowship of people who love you most and who love one another in the gospel. We give ourselves to you. We pray for all the marriages, Lord, as Tori mentioned last week, that there may be a real release of your spirit. Uh, in each family as well, Lord, for the parenting. Lord, we pray for fathers, fathers in the faith and fathers in in human levels that there may be a re-release of the gift of fathering to others, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.